Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jai. What's up? I'm actually really excited to do this movie and I'm really shocked that it wasn't done in the first 20 episodes because this is in my top 20 films of all time and I have no idea why I've put it off this long. But we're doing The Basketball Diaries from 1995, directed by Scott Calvert and based on the book by Jim Carroll. So we'll be talking about Jim Carroll a lot in this episode. But I mean, this, I mean, I have to say, as a like 90s film fan, I have not seen every single thing. So I'm kind of glad. But as a big 90s Leo fan, I believe this is his finest work uh, in the 90s. If we're talking 90s Leo. This would well, beat Romeo for me. Romeo is a close second, but I feel like this film is like really what shows, oh, yeah. you know, his acting his, ability. His acting and his voice live. Yes, that is another. Yeah, see, that's like a for me. I like that film. We're gonna do that with De Niro. I love the that movie. That he can I act like, with De Niro freaking, and well, Ellen. That's Burstyn. the thing. That's yeah. like when I watched that movie. Literally, I was quite young, and I thought, and even at this age, I was like, "Oh my god, he's so amazing!" Like, how can mm-hmm. you act? Like, I had never seen an actor like that, like, at such a young age. He's an incredible role. actor. I know. But yeah, this movie second, I think. Because the other one, in a way, like, he was much, like, a lot younger. So Yeah, yeah, that's that true. He, he was could... very young, yeah. So I always think of, like, Leo as, like, kind of his finest and, like, really, like, like you know, real talent in that, in that movie. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, this just shows how he got, I mean, he got this film essentially because of this boy's life. I mean, I think people had, I think that might've been the turning point in his career where directors were starting to pay attention kind of, you know, past the, Oh, this was that kid in growing pains. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that he can do. He was so pretty. So obviously that kind of was like, is he just a pretty face, but actually no. That's what happened. With, I think Brad Pitt also followed the same trajectory. Like he was in this really terrible film that I think we, I mean, I watched it actually. I made like my friend and like a bunch of other people were like over um, at their house. And I was like, Hey, this movie that Brad Pitt's in, that's like from 1988 or something. It's so bad. It's like a bad horror film, but let's just watch it. And then we were like watching it. And I was like, God damn, he is so fucking pretty. Like, it just he oh, looks the same, and I was like, they have to have like picked him out. Then he's in Thelma Louise, and then literally the other day I was watching yeah. an interview with the vampire, and I was like, God damn, this man is like so pretty. He's an amazing actor. Like they're probably like, we hit the jackpot on this one. He's just- you know, I don't even think of him as pretty. I think of him as like beautiful. Like he's just yeah, he's so like beautiful. perfect looking. <laughs> I see Leo, and I think Leo is just like a pretty girl. Like he just looks yeah, like he's beautiful. super androgynous. Like. In a bad way. I mean, like, he's just, his features are so fine, like, mm-hmm. so feminine, you know? That's why he did so great as Romeo. Yeah. He was, like, such a perfect Romeo. I know. He's, yeah, he's not, like, beefy. We were just talking no. about, like, uh, we were just talking, like, off air, and I was like, well, we can tell this story. I, well, I was first talking about how on the Patreon, sign up for the Patreon, uh, it's super cool. Five bucks a month. Now we're doing random shit. So who knows what the hell is going on? But this but week. But Lauren it's... is actually putting so much content out there. <laughs> so you do get those like $5 worth 
Like, yes, oh, five bucks yeah. a month. Like it's cheaper than Starbucks at this point. I read an article that said Starbucks upped their, and probably lots of people are upping their shit. But it's like seven dollars for coffee now. It's like fucking crazy. I know everyone out there buys Starbucks at least, or some other coffee at least once a month. <laughs> so today, well, yeah, well, I mean, at least once a month, which should justify paying five dollars a month for Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about Buffy season one, and in that uh, conversation, it came up that I'd never seen uh, twenty eight days later uh which is the one from danny boyle with killian murphy i feel also, kind of offended by that like literally how? charles had the same exact reaction he was like what the fuck what do you mean you haven't seen it i was like i literally was starting watching it on hulu one time and then i had to pause it or like do something or whatever i fell asleep and i was like let me stop it here i went to go play it and then it was like off of hulu and i literally tried to look for it and it's like not streaming and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, well, so it's I, on Amazon, so you can rent it. I can rent it, right? Okay, so I'm going to watch that movie. I'm also going to watch 30 Days of Night because I've not seen that. I don't know why these were like two zombie things we were talking well, about. Well, if you ever want to do 20 Days Later, uh, I, you know, I'd like to be... To do how it. about okay well how about this oh, we can do it with charles too i was gonna say me you and charles should do it for the forward flash because i believe that came out in 2000 something right yeah it's 2000s okay. yeah like early 2000s mm-hmm. so cool i was gonna do spun because i love the movie spun and i haven't seen it in a long time i own it on dvd i just don't watch it much much like this one much like a lot of like drug-centered movies i don't watch them all the time so no. I, I like to like kind of talk about it again but yeah should we do 28 days later since i'm coming in like super fresh and super new to this that everyone has seen multiple like this is a cult film at this point oh yeah i've seen it like five times and there's a sequel right i didn't watch the sequel it's but it's not really it's not form? it's not a sequel like by the same people though oh okay it's not a killing it's, it's, no it doesn't Murphy, count like, no 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 it oh, doesn't oh, okay. count i don't think in my eyes so we can just, just do like, the first one yeah mm-hmm. nice okay cool um yeah we were also we're talking about uh troy and uh <laughs> which i also have not seen fully and jai had the same reaction she was like what i mean brad pitt looks so ridiculous he looks like a greek god wait this is before mr and mrs smith is this right before yeah it's gonna be before he looked sure. really good in he that, and I really feel like he big in that must have been this one but like, he's ridiculous hmm. and then he has this long blonde hair oh god is it real do you think it's a wig no 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 it's not real no 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 oh it's not real i don't think so he can grow his hair now he i was can, watching it the vampire oh, no sweet jesus <laughs> that's his real hair because oh, yeah. it's his real hair in Legend of the Fall. His hair even now lo- is like long-ish and looks so good. I would take a fucking man bun with Brad Pitt like <laughs> today. Like he still looks amazing. It's it's kind of insane how great he looks at like 60. It's like... Oh my God. It's, it's like so... not right. It's like... It's not right. Um, And we were talking about Leo and like how he looked the same up until like... 2008 i want to say the departed i like departed leo um mm, yeah. i think after that is when he did like wolf of wall street right didn't he do that like right after or um, maybe he did something else after that i don't know i don't remember no he must have done didn't he do the aviator afterwards no no that was like 2004 oh okay that was like way before um what do you call it way before the departed okay and then he did that catch me if you can he looked really young in that even though he was like 30s, <laughs> but he looked really young. I love Catch Me If You Can. That's another movie that's like one of my favorites. And I don't even really like Tom Hanks, 
but I like that movie. Yeah, sorry, I don't really like Tom Hanks. He's on my list too. I like him a lot. He's do you just, really? I do. I oh, love no, him. He's... he's just like I don't know. I you know why? I think it's because he was everywhere in the eighties. So like growing up, like there was always like a movie with him in it. And like what is that movie called? Something in Seattle. Girl. Oh, Sleeping in Seattle. Sleeping yeah. in Seattle? Sleeping- I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I clearly you can tell I haven't seen it. And, and yeah, of course, I love, love Forrest Gump. Like, I love that movie. Really? So I could yeah. give a mm-hmm. fuck about that movie. And I remember oh, knowing no, about really it and being like, like no. He's just, and then there is that movie called Big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, it just reminds me of like my childhood. It's just like a few movies I wear on TV a lot and I will watch, you know. Oh, yeah. Because there's, there's that association with, yeah. I can see it. I can totally see it. I I think I also really associate, like, this sounds super weird to say this out loud, but I really associate Leonardo DiCaprio with, like, my childhood. Like, it was just, he was just a staple. He was just there throughout mm-hmm. everything. And then when Titanic came out, which I'm not a fan of, but I definitely remember, like, the, like, insurgence oh, of Leo God. after that movie. It was, everywhere. He was fucking Everywhere, and it was everyone was obsessed with. I mean, especially like our age, right? Yeah, because he was like he's like ten years older than us. So when you're like, so when you're like that young, when you're like thirteen, and he's like twenty three, and you're like a young teenager, when you're fifteen, you fancy twenty five year olds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're like like literally into him. I feel like no matter what, it was always like a constant. Like there's a Leo. Brad Pitt was like he was a little older than us. I remember him being like everywhere like women being like he was the sexiest man alive and i was i remember not being into brad pitt when i was super young like not in the way that i was later but Mm. leo was the guy because he was like just a little bit older you know brad pitt's like 20 years older he's like that's so funny because i've always i love leo a lot i love him and i was like he's obviously beautiful and i love him as an actor but i didn't i never had a crush on him like oh, I Leo? Never, no. I was always like Brad Pitt, like team, you know, Brad Pitt. I always had I, a really weird crush, like Andrew Keegan from like fucking out of nowhere. <laughs> I was obsessed with Andrew Keegan. Oh my it was like the guys in the in the posters, like Devin Sawa, Joseph Gordon Levitt. I had Joseph Gordon Levitt posters like in my room. That's so from like funny. Tiger Beat, because he was on like Third Rock from the Sun, and then he was in like obviously 10 Things I Hate About You. Gosh. And stuff like that. I cannot I was talking to Jules this morning about Joseph Gordon Levitt and we were talking about the movie Manic, which is also really good. Um that has Zoe De Chanel, who I'm not a massive fan of, but but that actually is a really good movie. And that's like one of his first like serious ones. And I was like, Oh yeah, he's getting ready to play that Uber guy, the guy who created Uber. Yeah, I saw in, like, that. The Showtime series. I, I can't that. wait. <laughs> I mean he's a great actor. I like him, but I don't want to watch anything about Uber or like we work or anything like that oh yeah i saw the trailer for that we work thing with jared leto yeah he looks so he looks so weird and his accent he's doing like the guy's accent the guy's from israel i believe yeah he just looks it's creepy like awful (laughs) like he's really culty i just don't care about stuff like stories like that I like the documentary about it, but I don't think I'm interested in a series. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, Yeah, about like what happened. Yes, but no. Um, And also, also speaking of new series, before we get into the movie, have you seen or heard about this Pam and Tommy thing? Are you planning on watching it? What are your feelings about? I've not planning, not planning on watching it. I've seen it advertised everywhere, and it looks like I mean, they look. 
like, look exactly. I've and, seen all three. I, I am going to be watching it. Yeah, um, no, I just don't really care. I mean, I like her, but I don't really care about the story either. And I, I definitely don't want to invest in a show about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I get it. I, I get why people don't want to watch it. Um, I'm watching it because I'm just kind of curious what they're doing with the story. And it has, yeah, you said, yeah. Yeah, and it has like actors that I really like. I really like Sebastian Stan and Seth Rogen. So. I know Seth Rogen looks great in that. He looks, yeah. His his transformation is actually really crazy, and the way that he plays things. Um, also, I like that it's done by Craig Gillespie, who directed I Tanya, which Sebastian Stan is also in. Yeah, no, that's um, cool. so yeah, it's it's. I'm just kind of watching it like casually. I'm not like super obsessed with it. I, I think. I put an Instagram poll up today or well this is going to be coming out in a few days so it'll already be up but just to see if anyone was watching it um and it looks about 50 50 so far so I don't know what the end of it's going to be oh, wow um but also we were talking about another thing before we move on is we were talking about euphoria and how we're having euphoria fatigue yeah. and we're about halfway through the season now so, so soon how did this happen yeah like and it seems that we are not alone because I was taught we were both talking about this right after the episode mm-hmm. and then I, I literally they're fucking tapping the phones because I did not write this anywhere or talk about it because then the next day I see Rolling Stone I see like uh, several other publications that have articles about how the story is just like going nowhere wow and how there's like drama on the set and there's like this and that and I was like damn I was like so it's not just us then I sent you a podcast and it's like there's like maybe three minutes of these two hosts and they're literally saying the same thing they were like where's this character where's this character like what are you doing and this guy is the only one who's doing the writing and the directing so it's kind of like okay like it, yeah it's kind of going all over the place yeah, so. i actually haven't seen any articles about about it but obviously we had that conversation after that we watched the episode mm-hmm. and then i was like all i seem to see is like the actor you know the the actress that plays cassie like she's mm-hmm. kind of everywhere so i still see like magazines talking about her or like putting her in like covers like magazine covers mm-hmm. and stuff like that but um yeah I'm kind of like ugh, that 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 episode was really painful to watch like I was like so over it like mm-hmm. I it was like ugh, they overdid it and the I'm euphoria just, fatigue is real <laughs> yeah it's yeah. crazy how it started so well because i actually really like the first episode i love i need a whole movie on that grandmother i I'm know and even the right one that, was it the second episode that explores like carl carl's backstory mm-hmm. that was pretty good too yeah i like that too yeah. so i don't really know what happened after but now the part. fact that we're supposed to kind of like sympathize with kyle or cal I mean, I like the way I liked like several scenes. I don't want to give anything away unless anyone even cares, but I like several scenes about it. But I was kind of like, why are you making us like sympathize with him now? Like you've built you've they've built characters in one way and they're dropping them where's fucking fez where's oh, fez and lexi you all know is... that you fucking tease that shit and oh, every week on twitter everyone's freaking out about it i like, know what about cat's character apparently yeah cat <laughs> like it's like yeah. apparently she wasn't there's a rumor that she like wasn't happy on set because she wasn't really getting that she was just thinking like what's going on with my character yeah you know? But we want to know too. We also want to know. But yeah, I guess enough euphoria talk. Let's get into. I'm going to put a timestamp on this. So if you are like, oh, I don't give a shit about what they're saying, um, even though I'm sure you do. But if, if you don't, <laughs> I'll write that the movie starts around like 15 minutes. So you can, you know, cool. skip on through. So what are your um, 
first like impressions like when did you first see this movie this is 95 so um i watched this 98 and and then in 2001 oh you've just seen it twice uh, yeah i've only seen it twice because honestly it's not really a movie that i fancy watching often like i don't Mm -hmm. honestly we'd be talking about it so i had to rewatch it but i just find it extremely painful like yeah, I mean, transporting is painful, but it is, it's not as heavy as this. In no, the yeah, that There's more going on. There's some funny bits. And like, exactly. But um, first impressions are, like, literally, I hate dirty drugs. Like, <sighs> I yeah. feel physical pain watching people do heroin. Like, I don't. Yeah, it's, it freaks it's, me out so much. That is the one drug that I just think is like so nasty because you you get hooked. Yeah, so um, easily. So easily, exactly. And I really do think this is the right movie that should be shown to like kids in high school to put them off dro- doing drugs. Well, that is what I think this movie. I I have the DVD of this movie. I mean, I'll get into my thoughts later, but they kind of make it kind of like a, I think an anti-drug thing. A lot of the actors talk about that. Okay. Yeah. I mean to. Be- more than any other movie, because I told you, right? Like they made me watch Transporting when I was little, like as like an anti uh-huh. drug thing, yeah. Exactly, but I think this one actually because this really doesn't glamorize. Not, not that Transporting does, but Transporting is a little bit funny. Like, though it's yeah, funny, exactly. Funny. This is more like a series, like don't fucking do. Yeah, drugs, this is not funny at all. It's gonna ruin your life, and you know, um, and I, I mean. We'll get into it later, but I do think that it's. I mean, it's obviously really sad, and mm-hmm. because it's a true story, but I do think it's pretty amazing to see that Jim basically turns his life around and becomes yeah. like an artist, like author, poet, and like punk musician. I mean, how freaking amazing is that? Yeah, like, yeah. It's almost like he had all these like insane, uh, painful experiences, and he channeled that into like you know yeah art or turn that into art and yeah but i have to say one thing i think i would like to see the story um being set in the 60s as that's the time in which the real jim carroll was in his teens and going through like an addiction right so Mm -hmm. i just feel like it would have been really interesting because i maybe just because we've seen so movies about new york in the 90s and how that whole um you know, like life was, but I feel that this would have been a bit more true to the real story. How the story, yeah. Like how how was it in the sixties, like doing heroin? Heroin, in New York? it's like opium. It's like exactly. Right? And I want yeah. to see New York in the sixties. Well, of course, yeah. You know, well, no, but you know what I mean, like the yeah. the sketchy parts and like. I'm pretty sure it's very different from the 90s. Like, I just... Oh, it reminds me... You know what this movie would remind me very much of? Like, if they were doing drugs, it would remind me kind of like how they did Sid and Nancy. When that yeah. was done in the 80s, but it was it's that was in the there. 60s, right? Or 70s? No, seven, late 70s, yeah. Late 70s, yeah. The way that they, they were able to, like, do it was just, like, really cool. Same with it Factory was. Girl that we just did. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I feel like I get why they did it in the 90s. They... Probably because of the, the the cost and everything, it was very appealing to do it in you know, yeah, set in in like actual time. Then when they shot it, right? But um, yeah, I'm just intrigued to see because yeah, I don't I think wonder. I've seen any. Like, did they really have those kind of drug 
stroke like houses in the 60s and, like, i don't know yeah. were they that decadent or i like, think dirty? so because a lot of new, a lot of new york in the early like early like you know like the 50s and 60s and stuff like that there were like dilapidated areas and if you like uh have you ever seen the original west side story I have not. Okay, well, that came out in 61, but they filmed a lot of that on the Upper West Side, and a lot of the buildings look like that. A lot of them are, like, dilapidated, like, burned out. They eventually tore a lot of that down to make Lincoln Center, which is there now, oh. in, like, the 60s on the West Side. Okay. But if you watch that film, that so that means that was filmed in, like, the late 50s, early 60s. They I don't know when Lincoln Center was built, probably, like, the late 60s, I guess. So that means that area would look very similar. It does look very similar to what they did with this in the 90s. Okay. Like, the buildings were similar. Like, the apartments were similar. Like, run down. Mm -hmm, Yeah. yeah, mm -hmm. And if you didn't have much money, then you weren't living in, like, a fancy place anyway. It looked like he was living in, like, Hell's Kitchen or, like, Midtown. Yeah. Like, near Times Square, yeah. So, yeah, that's my only comment, really. I mean, yeah. That's uh, I feel like the the controversy about you know the movie, mm-hmm. uh, you can probably talk about it <laughs> because I feel that if it's fine, I let you talk about it because I'm sure that's going to be your first impressions, right? What the controversy about it? Yeah. No, 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 no. I have a totally different like history with this movie. Okay, well, tell me, tell me. I'll okay, so this is one of like the top one of my top favorite movies like of all time. And like I mentioned in the beginning, I'm surprised that it took this long to get there. Um, I remember, I don't, I think I probably saw this movie in like 90, pretty close to when it was out 96, maybe I was very young. And I remember knowing a lot about heroin kind of like against my own will <laughs> oh, because of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Because of Kurt Cobain. Because of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah. Because I loved Kurt Cobain so much. So I remember really knowing about heroin and the effects of it when he OD'd in like Rome. And I remember oh, when yeah, that happened because it was, like, yeah. all over MTV News and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is one of my, you know, like, bands I, like, listen to. And I remember being really young and being like, what is this drug heroin? And seeing Courtney. And, like, that was when it was kind of, like, in the music industry. And it was, like, heavy. You know, like, a lot of people were doing it. So I can see why. So I knew about it. But I didn't know, like, obviously how bad it was. And then I saw this movie and it was just like, oh, my God. Like, I loved Leonardo DiCaprio. I, like, you know, thought he was a great actor. But I just always rent, like, indie films and stuff like that. So I just thought, whoa, oh, my God. I loved this movie from the start. Like, I just loved... I think, like, visually, I really liked how it looked. And I like, you know, like, grungy kind of shit anyway. Yeah, um, it is The soundtrack's cool. incredible. Oh, yeah, the soundtrack's amazing. Yeah, well, and it's and it's distributed and produced by Island, which I don't even think makes movies or makes, like, that many films. But if they did, then they're another name now. But that was the record company. So that allowed them to be able to use all this amazing music, like The Doors. And like, That's, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, really what? incredible. I love the music. So oh, I bought no, the this CD. soundtrack is like every song is like so good. Amazing. Yeah. This is one of those like sleeper soundtracks that maybe a lot of people I know, because a lot of younger people now, they kind of see things through like TikTok and through Instagram. And they see these photos of like, like I was just talking to Jules this morning and she'd never seen Basketball Diaries. She's like, oh, yeah. I saw the photo that you put up. There's a movie with like Mark Wahlberg and Leo. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I haven't seen that. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, because um, it's really hard to find. Like this is not streaming or like rentable, but it's like literally $5 on DVD. It's fucking worth it to even watch this movie. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's not really readily available. So a lot of younger people haven't seen it. It hasn't had a wave because it's not on Netflix. 
So I feel like people have seen photos of this movie and people, I see a lot of these photos on like Tumblr with the wrong captions. And I'm like, that is not what they're saying in this movie. Like I've seen one that's like a, one of uh, Mark Wahlberg and Leo like sitting outside when they like get kicked out of school or like resign or leave school. And they're like, have the subtitle. And I was like, that is not, it is something like, oh, you've got me, bro. And I was like, that's not at all what they see in this movie. Like, like that's who is insane. This? Oh yeah, my it's gosh. insane. So I'm like, these people have not seen this movie. That's not at all. But people who are like, oh, he looks so hot in this movie. And I'm like, uh, he's like a literal heroin addict on like the depths of like depravity. Like he is not hot in this. He's just a great actor mm-hmm. in this. I, I mean, oh, yeah, he's you a know. Great yeah, um, I mean, the acting is insane. Like, and I do. I, I, I know you're saying like, it's like the cinematography isn't like anything like uh like in out of this world, but it is really beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Like, I mean, it's just different when everything was shot like with film. You know, I know. Like, and the and I think I really love the voiceover. This also prompted me to buy the book and his sequel of Forced Entries. Uh, yeah. So I was like super into like this book, which I'm gonna read again because I have it. I have both of them downstairs. I haven't read it in like fucking twenty years at least. And I remember being like so into the voiceover and so in and just as a young age, like not hearing many voiceovers. We just didn't have that much. Now we have it a lot. Actually, there are a lot of things with voiceovers. Fucking Euphoria is voice. I feel like that was a nineties thing though. Mm-hmm. I it's quite popular then. Yeah, but not that, not I feel like in a lot. I mean, yeah, I guess so. But the way I think this was told, because it was like a kind of stream of consciousness and amazing writing, it wasn't a literal, like, you know, him actually narrating what's happening in the scene, like most mm-hmm. of the voiceovers. This was him, like, kind of reading poetry over, like, what was happening. Yeah. And it was just so incredible to hear. He's an incredible writer, Jim oh Carroll. Oh, gosh. Um, yes. Just like and the way it's He was one of the writers for the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that obviously makes it very, like, it's not just so someone taking an adaptation of it, like doing an adaptation of someone's book like yeah so you can get the the writer um like involved in the project and actually write a lot of the film that's pretty amazing so amazing yeah like, uh, it's to have his input it's great i think leo should have been nominated for best lead actor um i don't know about winning i don't know who else was up that year but i definitely think he should be nominated this is one of his best performances and for someone who had like a drug coach which we'll get into like on set because he's not a heroin addict i really believed it let's put it that way i i mean i i really believed it you know how do you how you know like i mean it's nuts but also before we get into that three people from this movie have passed away which i find insanely sad jim carroll passed away yeah yeah, in 2009 um and he did so much he actually has some songs on this soundtrack uh the jim carroll band he's very much like a jim morrison like he's very much like this kind of like not in the jim morrison and in the ways of like how jim morrison is like no i know what you mean you know what i mean but like poetry yeah yeah, like yeah like Like, jim morrison's poetry which i have a book of his poetry is incredible but of course you can tell that from the doors like lyrics anyway yeah i mean again another and i I we have to do that movie the one with val kilmer we have to do the doors i mean that you're sorry but you have to pick me for that movie yeah yeah we have to do that there literally isn't enough time in the day i'm like (laughs) i want to watch this i want to watch this i'm like god if i mean if we were doing this like five days a week we'd be like watching a movie and like yeah if i just quit my job and i do we do this full time i know right we just (laughs) crank out stuff like just crank out shit and like 
posted everywhere. Um, but yeah, I that's another one I want to do the doors too. Because like, I know. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, so good. Yeah, Jim Morrison's like again another. It's so interesting, isn't it, when it comes to like musicians, like poets turned musicians, or like mm-hmm. kind of yeah. Um, but it's going really back to cool. what you were saying, like it's crazy that the director also died quite young. He died in twenty fourteen. Yeah, nine he was. Yeah, and I think it was a apparent suicide, as far as I know. That's what they say, but it, I yeah. couldn't find out what how. Like, yeah, happened. me either. And yeah. then also, uh, Bruno Kirby died. Um, <laughs> he is Swifty, um, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Let me see when. Wait, what year did he die? Two thousand six is when wow. Bruno Kirby died. So yeah, I was like, "God, that's so sad." But he was in this, which is Scott Calvert also did Deuces Wild. Have you ever seen that movie? With Brad Renfro and Steven Dorff, and I believe James no. Franco's in there. It's like 2002. So. I've seen parts of it. Another one I haven't seen that's on my list to watch because I think it takes place in the 50s. It's oh, like 50s cool. gangs or something like that. Something Wait, like that. Yeah. It again? Deuces Wild. No, it's I like that's the only one that Scott Calvert directed outside of this. But Scott Calvert was a massive music video he director. Did, he did director. I know he's got so, so many cool. insane videos on it. He's like, you know, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, which is how he knows <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> Salt and Peppa, Bobby Brown, Snoop Dogg, Cindy Lauper. <laughs> I know it's so really funny. Cool. Yeah. I know. Um, so Mark Wahlberg, I have to say, this is his like. I love how he's credited in the beginning as Anne Mark Wahlberg. Like, he's already won something. But I guess, like, he was a big, like, you know, Marky Mark. And Marky Mark wasn't that... Was Marky Mark that big in your childhood? He wasn't that big in mine. No, I never cared. I also never found him attractive. Like, everyone, like, raves about him. I'm like... No. No. I don't ever... I, I think he's, like, in the middle for me. I find him attractive as in, like, he's an attractive man. But I'm not like, oh, my God, he's, like... You know, I'm not like over the moon about him, I guess you could say. Like, I, I think he's attractive, he's an attractive guy, but I, I, his attitude and like exactly. the way what that I know he about acts, him is just such off putting that I just, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, now no, like, I also feel the same way about like, uh, I, I, yeah, I kind of feel the same way about Leo now. I'm not like as into Leo now as obviously like when I was younger, but Brad Pitt still through and well, through. Yeah. Um, and same with like, uh, who else? Who else in my childhood do I like? Still like? Oh, Keanu Reeves through and through. Like well, yeah. has ne- has never changed. <laughs> like for, since I was really young. But you know, they're like the only two mainstays. Johnny Depp, man, give me nineties Johnny Depp all day. I know. But I, I, now I don't know if I what can say he that. Is he just chilling out and drinking wine? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. I feel he's his life has gone through like a crazy trajectory. Um, but ni- he was another 90s, uh, you know, king, I guess you could say. For me, anyway, as far as oh, acting yeah. goes. Oh, you know, I for like me too. Stuff. I mean, he was like, yeah. for me, it was like Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp. And then, obviously, Leo, but in terms of, like, I, I like him as an actor, but I genuinely never fancy him. I was never like, oh, my God, like. No, yeah, yeah. It's just like a significantly older man, clearly. <laughs> I know, Johnny Depp is like. No, is he like the same age as Brad Pitt? Is he like late fifties or is he like? I think he's like late fifties. I think I think they're the same age. Like Brad Pitt. Oh my god! No, they're not. He's older, right? I think Brad Pitt's older. Oh my god, we're gonna find this out live on air. Okay, Brad Pitt is Orlando Bloom is in Troy too. 
okay, I need to watch this movie. <laughs> the fuck? And this I is like 2004. Um, oh, I like Orlando Bloom. I don't like him now, but I, I like him before. Okay, he's born in December of 63. I believe Johnny Depp was born in like, I know he's Gemini, not that. Right? <laughs> That's the only thing I know about him. Oh, 63? Same. Yeah, they're six months apart. Yeah, no. So, yeah, Johnny Depp is 58. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, damn. I, and also, I think Tom Cruise is the older of the bunch. I think he's going to be sick. He is. He is. Oh yeah, but he looks like so oh young still. Oh, God. Wow. That's weird that all these guys are like 60. <laughs> like, they're like that. Like, I mean, guys, when we were younger, I still wouldn't we were... say no. <laughs> to Tom, you would say no to Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I would, yeah it's too short. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. And he's, I, you know. You would say no to Johnny Depp now. I don't think so. <laughs> Would you really not? I mean, I don't think I would either. I mean, he's still... No, no, no. Uh, I totally will say, sure, just let me know when I'm ready. <laughs> let me know when so I can <laughs> lie to my husband. <laughs> like, I go meet Johnny Depp. Wait, I would is literally... this like a Patreon only? Or is this going to be <laughs> no. right? Oh, oops. Okay, well, my... hopefully he will listen to this app. <laughs> no, please. Um, This is all obviously complete jokes. We're not doing any of this noise, but could you imagine someone like finds this episode and it's like there are these girls who totally want to get with like brad pitt brad pitt apparently is dating leaky lee that's the latest alleged no 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 i don't I think it's true it. either also no. i heard something about like um about like yeah he has such a private dating life but i was like who is who would he date now leaky lee i was like no, no i don't, I don't see that <laughs> no just, well she's really cool like i like her music she's but, really cool but mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I was like, no, that sounds weird. Um, so yeah, we were talking about Mark Wahlberg. I have to say, uh, he did Fear after this, and I think Leo suggested him for Fear. So oh, right really? on, right on, Leo. <laughs> that was a good suggestion because he was great in that movie. He plays a similar kind of guy. Um, yeah, this one, yeah, which is kind of weird. Um, let's see, Ernie Hudson, who I love as Reggie yeah me too oh i think he's like my favorite really he also deserved i think a best supporting actor nod or oscar nod i would say because yeah, when he was helping so him through cool. oh i loved yeah, it that oh god that was so like i think i cry a little bit when i watch that oh totally i totally tear up that and then and the near the end he with was the like mom. crawling oh, oh, crawling like to the chair and stuff yeah even as disturbing as the withdrawal scene in train spotting is this is worse. This one is worse. Yeah, this is I feel worse. like this one is yeah. worse. Yeah, um, but the way they filmed it, I really liked how it was kind of like the room was kind of like like uh, what do you call it? Like I collapsing. mean, it's inspired like transporting. You know? Oh yeah, it has to I right mean, for sure. Yeah, yeah it has it's to. came out later, but um, also Juliette Lewis, who I totally Such forget. A baby girl in the oh, she looks so young. She I looks like about twelve. <laughs> yeah, and she was. This is after Natural Born Killers, <laughs> like where she looks really young too. And California, she'd already done California, which we did. Can you, the other day I was like looking through my DVDs and then I was like, oh yeah, we did an episode on that. And I remembered like that movie was really fucking upsetting. Like I did not realize how upsetting it was and how upsetting Brad Pitt was in that movie until we were watching it i was like i know i guess we forgot about it yeah i was like we watched it you know i was like shit man this is crazy and then we have like patrick mcgaw who plays neutron who i've never seen anywhere else me neither not that i could remember i didn't like really look him up like i didn't look up you know 
like a crazy amount about it. And then we also have James Matteo, who is Pedro. And then we have Michael Imperioli, who is Bobby, who mm-hmm. is also in The Sopranos with Lorraine Bracco, who plays Leo's mom. And then the guy that gets thrown up on in the front, he's pussy from The Sopranos. So there's like a lot of Sopranos crossover <laughs> in this movie. I guess it hadn't been made yet. It was like four or five years from being made. Uh, still. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So, uh, yeah, behind the scenes, let's uh, let's get into it. What do you have? Well, I have the uh, as the first one is like the main one. You know that this film became really controversial because uh, in the aftermath of the you know high school shootings in '99. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cr- I mean, this is crazy, but I mean, I guess I can see why like everyone would mental. Like they said that the film kind of inspired like students to do what they did. That's so crazy. And and they, apparently the film, um, there were a lot of lawsuits basically brought by the, mm-hmm. by the relatives of, you know, the murdered like victims. And I, I mean, I think everything was kind of dropped out in like 2001. I wonder but- why. I wonder why it never like got forward it it like went forward did they just think it was because it was a movie and it was like because i guess it was yeah like i wonder what why it was dropped i mean i don't know i think it's it's quite hard to i i'm I'm sure it's really difficult to to you know build a case like like solid like evidence how this movie really inspired those people to do what they did like i can see why like someone who's crazy will watch this and it's like cool but I don't think I can't imagine the this film really being the main source of you know yeah I don't know because the natural born killers was before in 19 yeah that was the year before so that was crazy there are other really violent films that happen like before this you know so well like everything fucking Tarantino does like Reservoir Dogs, like that was ninety two. But I like, guess because this was like a student. Well, like I was gonna say student. this is set in a classroom. That in fantasy classroom, scene yeah. mm-hmm. is like in a classroom. Also, there's that. Remember the Pearl Jam video for Jeremy? Yeah, that one was like banned, I think, by MTV because that yeah. was about a mm-hmm. true story. But I think the guy um, did some like he didn't kill anyone else. I think I think he was doing it in the classroom in the video. Um, but I, yeah, that also was like banned and stuff. But now you can watch it like on YouTube, right? Like that's not, yeah, it's yeah, not edited or anything it. now. No. Yeah. I mean, I think this is why this movie doesn't really have like high ratings anywhere. It has um, to be, right? Yeah. And I was also surprised. Because it felt like the topic was almost like they didn't want to seem like, and I mean, this is the 90s. It's not even like 2020, right? Where mm-hmm. already. <laughs> everything is like um you know cancel culture and whatever but i still feel like in the 90s people didn't want to give any good rating because they want to seem like they were pro like violence like yeah that's true i don't know because it is really weird that it has really bad, bad ratings yeah that's what like, i, the I critics thought were, like quite um i don't know hard on the film I never remember it being the thing is during the Columbine uh, high school shooting, I was in high school 
at that mm-hmm. time and i was what like 16 so i was like it's like second year of high school and i remember seeing that on tv though i remember like being home i think like from school or whatever and like seeing it like play out on tv and but i remember like after that happened we had a uh, bowling for columbine do you remember that movie um no. michael moore did so Michael Moore, do you know who Michael Keaton? Michael yeah, Moore? I know Michael. I know about the movie. He's oh, okay. Yeah. So like that movie, like you know, they obviously go and like talk about like the influences. I don't. I've only seen it like once or twice. I kind of want to go back now and and see if they mention the film. I know they mention obviously Marilyn Manson, and they always oh, yeah. mention like uh, pornography and like you know v- like video games and stuff like that. But I'm trying to remember if they mentioned Basketball Diaries like as a direct like but they if they did or if they didn't but i don't remember i guess knowing about that when i saw the movie like when mm-hmm. i we we'll watch it later yeah but i guess it's like there are similarities of the shooting i guess but i i wonder if they actually wrote down somewhere that they they liked the movie or something otherwise i don't know how they could prove it was directly I know. unless they said like you know wrote it like the basketball diaries or, or something like that but yeah, that has to be the reason why too, because it was always like mixed or average reviews. I know, but it was like a really, it was a really good movie. Like you can't, yeah, and that's a small part great. of it. I don't, I know, but I guess they just find it maybe also because it's like because the main subject, you know, it's like heroin addiction, and I don't know, maybe but they it's were not just glamour. Like, that's the thing too. Is it'd be one thing I if know. it was glamorized and it looked cool. It doesn't look cool. I think it's cool. because it's honestly, I think if he was like heroin addiction like amongst like other like adults it would have been a different story but because these are teens i think yeah it's that's many yeah. elements that are Underage. controversial and like kind of sensitive you know nowadays they should show you requiem for a dream if you well, want yeah. about heroin that movie is like f- <laughs> that movie i feel like is how as i love like movies about drugs in general just just like as a genre i just like them. yeah me too. that one is spun is actually like funny but it's also really fucked up and dirty. It's like meth and stuff. But which we're gonna—I was gonna do this month, but now we're gonna do twenty eight days later. But maybe next month we'll do it. I mean, and like candy is another one that kind of like romanticizes oh, yeah. it a bit, you know. But then it also yeah. has like a downward spiral, very much like this. It's almost like a blueprint, you know, like how it happened. Totally. But this one obviously is way. Basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're like definitely in their twenties. So, but yeah, th- that's true. That this one is is definitely about teens. I'm trying to think. Are there any like teen? Like, there's no teen. Drug addiction. Same with uh, like uh, Requiem for a Dream. Like they're older, mm-hmm. they're like you know adults and stuff. But yeah, that is that is pretty rough to kind of grapple with. That it's just you know, and he's a massive. This is a, has to have been a pretty risky move well, for Leo that, to do as a as an totally. actor. Well, know? think about think about all the different topics they explore in the movie. It's like teens doing like with a heroin addiction among other things, if right? Because the they do all these different it. drugs. Yeah, and there is the holy. Like that guy, like they go to a Catholic school, and then they their coach is kind of like coming onto uh-huh. him, you know. Yeah. So they, you again, you're talking about very uh, risky topics like religion and like what happens in like boys schools, like mm-hmm. prostitution. Church, that, that prostitution. That's I mean, there's so yeah, many layers. Big one, yeah. And then there's that guy who gets killed. Yeah, um, robberies. Mm-hmm. Now you're committing car theft. Uh, you know, burglaries. Yeah, I think it's just a lot. I think mm-hmm. it's just a lot, and especially for that time, they would probably like this is no, we don't, 
we don't want to seem like we're praising any of this. So I, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. So I guess I see, I, I can understand why. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Any other behind the scenes stuff? Um, yeah, just like this. I think you you mentioned this, right? Like Leo had <laughs> didn't didn't they have like a drug consultant mm-hmm. like, that you know was hired for authenticity and present on set to kind of guide him through certain yeah. things. Um, and that Leo like hung out in Greenwich Village and went to like a poetry reading with Carol just to like spend some time with him and stuff mm-hmm. to prepare for the role. I think it's pretty cool. That is really cool. And can you also imagine, because I never even thought of this aspect until you brought it up. Could you imagine if they had it in the 60s and he was going to like cool poetry readings with like fucking beatniks and shit? I never thought about the fact that it was actually took place in the 60s. I think that just would have been, oh, just because I love that era and Velvet Underground. I just went to New York. He used to hang out with them, yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool. I mean, it's cool that Jim Carroll was in the movie too. Made like a, uh-huh. you know, when I was watching it, I actually didn't know until like I was the, I was like reading about it. But when I watched it, even like last night, I was like, that's got to be Jim Carroll because that mm-hmm. does look like him. And the way he talks, like, yeah, he, and I just, he just yeah. looks like the real deal. Mm-hmm. There's something about him you can't really do. He looks like beatnik, like yeah. po- oh, like yeah. poet, yeah. cool, yeah, like New York. Like he looks like that, like long leather jacket. I have to say, I mean, we'll get to the fashion, I guess. Yeah, we'll get to the fashion. Yeah, but but I love the, like the leather jacket that he wears, like you know, the so real cool. Jim Carroll. I mean, so that's cool. really obviously his clothes and everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his own so cool. <laughs> What are you behind the scenes? Oh, you don't have any other ones? No, that's it. Oh, okay, cool. All right, so I have that. The budget was $2 million for this, which is kind of a lot, but I think the permits must be a lot shooting in New York. Like, it has to be, because they shot most of this in New York. So I'm assuming that it's the permits that are making it so Probably. much. Oh, Leo got a lot. He might have gotten mm-hmm. a good amount because he was, like, kind of known. And he had an Oscar nomination already, which true, makes, true, makes your cloak true. go up. So maybe he got a lot. So the box office totally worldwide was 2.4. So they did make their money which i found really interesting well, that's so interesting because i actually found where do you find this because i saw that the budget is, was four million but he oh, made two million according to imdb okay. it has the budget as two million estimated it has gross in u.s and canada 2.3 and then gross worldwide 2.4 oh yeah well who okay. knows i mean yeah this is according yeah, to IMDb. who knows because i was like oh he only made two million and the budget was four million but like maybe that's wrong i don't know oh yeah it could be i mean or mine could be wrong who knows this is all just imdb i think people used to be able to like edit it i don't know what they do now but you used Mm. to be able to be like a wikipedia show where you could like edit stuff on imdb but yeah who knows it's still like i feel like the permits have to be a lot or leo's quote was a decent amount and mark Wahlberg was kind of known so maybe he got like a good amount yeah Um, because at least shoot in new york didn't they mm -hmm, yeah yeah yeah. So I don't know. Lorraine Bracco was pretty known. She was in Goodfellas already. It's true. Which yeah. was like massive. Uh, Bruno Kirby is pretty known. Uh, yeah, maybe it was just a mainly like the cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Juliette Lewis. Like, exactly. I mean, yeah. So maybe they maybe they paid their cast like pretty well. So And Ernie Hudson was already in The Crow and fucking Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, which was like a massive movie. So yeah, I mean, their quotes could have just been really high, but they got, they did great casting, I have to say. Yeah, really cool casting. Yeah. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes, as we were talking about the scores, gave it a 46%. Uh, that's which so crazy about. low. Yeah, right? Like, that's cra- that's like an F. 
Like, that's like a bad, I would think that would mean like it's a bad movie at a 46. But yeah, audience 76%. So that's more like oh, it. Yeah. It's still pretty, like, still pretty lower low. than I thought. I mean, maybe I'm in the minority who really likes this movie. I'm, I'm curious to see when we post the episode. I feel like I've been, I don't know if I've posted about it on the website. I probably, maybe I have, but yeah, this is like one of my top, this is like my Iraqi shit. Like this is like shit that is a big part of like why I like movies is, is a movie like this. And um, also, and another movie that we did, My Own Private Idaho, which a lot of, one of my friends was like, have you done My Own Private Idaho? I was like, it's literally number 16. <laughs> like, it's literally like one of the first 20. And I told him, I was like, the first 40 movies that we did as an ep- as all the episodes, those are like my top 40 movies. Like, if you want to know why. But for some reason, that's not true because this would definitely be in there. And it so took I you think a while just, to do this. Yeah, movie. right? I think it's because it's kind of rough. It's not... Like a you know super like oh let's do basketball diary because there's so many movies that you kind of forget sometimes yeah but... there's still a lot that I want to do that I haven't done yet I'm trying to yeah. think I mean there's just a lot but I've done some random ones in between like Niagara Niagara is one that I just love and it like I thought no one knew about more people knew about it than I thought which was great yeah, but I'm interested to see how people react to this one like if people are into it like yeah we got some I want a good dialogue going on Instagram. Um, because we had a good one with Euphoria and and Skins, even though it was like you, know, you don't know what you're talking about. But I was like, okay, well, cool. Uh, but I kind of want to see if you know. I, there's not much to really discuss about this movie, but I'm kind of just curious who's seen it. I might do a poll when I post it. Like, yeah, you should have, do it. Have you seen this movie? Because it's it's a weird one. I don't know internationally if it was a big deal either. I'm kind of curious to know that because it was kind of small here, so I can't imagine how big it would be overseas um another connection to my own private idaho is river phoenix now apparently it says on imdb in the trivia section that there was a misconception that river was like given this role or like was supposed to play it or something but that wasn't true apparently he was doing an interview for running on empty when he got the oscar nomination have you seen that movie which one Running on Empty. It's from the 80s. It's where River Phoenix got his... Oh, it's it's cool. Mm. Um, He was doing an interview for that and they asked him, oh, so what's next? You know, you've gotten, um, you know, this Oscar nomination. And he, like, was reading Basketball Diaries and he pulled out the book and he was like, I want to be Jim Carroll. Yeah. So I think people thought that like then when they heard I guess about the Basketball Diaries being made as a movie I guess they probably thought that oh he's gonna play it and I, I guess he I guess they might have approached him I think and then he turned it down because he thought that he was too old to play 15. Yeah. Which makes, so, I, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah that makes, makes sense. sense. And he wanted more adult roles and I mean come on he after before this he had already I mean after running on empty which makes sense he took the role like my own private Idaho and that was mm-hmm. a definitely more adult role in kind of like the same like indie film world um yeah. which is am- and also another one amazing film if you've never seen my own private Idaho it's like Keanu Reeves and River Fina. it's it, literally it's so fucking good it's Gus Van Sant it's like one of my top favorite movies um, and yeah, it, this kind of sits in that world for me. Like, I, I just love this like gritty portrayal and I see the similarities between, uh, River and Leonardo. The thing about Leonardo and River Phoenix, which I find really interesting. And we were talking about Timothy Chalamet too, 
uh, at some point because people kind of lured him as like this generation's Leo. Quote unquote. I know. Um, and we were talking about how we couldn't, yeah, we could not see, I can't see Timothy playing him. Have mm-hmm. you seen the movie that he did where he played like the recovering addict? Yeah, um, I have. Was it beautiful boy? It was just different than this. So, it was different. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that I couldn't see Timothy playing this. I could see River playing this, but the thing about River is that I feel like the one thing about River was that even in Stand By Me, which was like what, like eighty five or some shit. Yeah. Oh my god, he looks so cute in that. He was like a boy, like he was young. He was like what thirteen or like twelve. He just had this old soul. He and did. this old spirit that I feel like he Leo did. doesn't have. Leo has that like really youthful thing Mm -hmm. but when he acts he doesn't have this like age behind him and i think it's because of river's backstory is so much more like multi-layered which really i think contributes to why he was the actor he was yeah yeah you know i think he i think he pulled his real life experience like he was very in like river was incredible like if you watch old interviews of river phoenix it's it's like who is this guy you're just it's almost like lee heath ledger it's like i think because of the way he was the environment and everything Mm -hmm. that he was raised in so he i don't know he he had like more life experience than, Mm -hmm. than your average like 13 or 15 year old boy you know what i mean totally yeah yeah so he would have been good for this. It, w- it would have been cool if there was more a more adult version of Jim Carroll, and maybe he was playing that. But I feel like he was right in saying that he was not. You know, he wanted to do more adult roles, even though he's close to the age of Leo. But Leo definitely looks has that youthful spirit about him. Yeah, you know, like I, I feel totally. like that that would have been cool. But I feel like River could have definitely done this. I feel like especially yeah. with the voiceovers and his the way his voice sounds, even when he had the voiceovers in My Own Private Idaho. Like, it just, like, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really cool. So, yeah, so a lot of people thought he was going to do it. Uh, and then, God, I wish there was a fucking movie about River Phoenix. I know. Like a biopic, but not, like, I'm, the sad I'm, bit. I'm surprised no one has come up with that. I mean, I'm sure Joaquin doesn't want that made. I would understand. Yeah, I, I would understand. I also, I feel the same way about, um, we were talking about Pam and Tommy earlier that like, I'm watching because I'm curious, but I can see why neither, well, especially Pam is like not interested in in uh, mm-hmm. seeing this, but I hope they kind of don't make it like glamour. I mean, they have so far, but I hope they kind of don't make it super unrealistic, I guess you could say, but but yeah, it's kind of it, it is really weird to think of like River, like what River Phoenix would have done too. He's another like Heath Ledger, like yeah, incredible right. actor. You know, short amount of time. Um, let's see. So I have the DVD. So there's some features on the DVD and some interviews with everyone. They're really short, and a lot of them really push hard in the interview on this anti-drug uh, statement. This is also during the time of like, like I was saying earlier with like a lot of musicians were dying, like heroin was like an epidemic. It was like a big deal. There were lots of anti-drug ads on TV. So I wonder if that was something kind of written like in, I don't know, production or how they got funding maybe. I mean, I don't know. It just seems, I'm just guessing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they all went into this project to do it as like an anti-drug like yeah. Yeah. But he's sad that he wasn't received that way, you know? Yeah, I know. It's like this, and they all talk about it. Like, Leo talks about how he was working with Jim, and Jim would tell him how to talk and how to, you know, and they he also had the anti, the drug account, like, you know, uh, what do you call it, like, consultant working with him, like, how to drop his voice and do all this stuff. I feel like Mark Wahlberg's voice was a bit more, like, 
a like raspier, I guess, like when mm. you're doing heroin and stuff like that, and they were trying to get the voice right. Um, is what they were saying, and it's like, but they all talk about like how this is not glamorized. Like Mark Wahlberg talks no. about it. He's like, this is not something that you'd want to do. Like this doesn't make it look fun, you know. I also I'm interested to see. Obviously, I was too young, and I don't know like whether you can even find that anywhere. But what the marketing for the movie was like at the time like yeah i don't know how was it advertised because sometimes that really does shape the way the the film you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the direction that it will go in like i still do a lot with that like at the advertising and stuff so yeah I'm, i'm just curious if people just totally missed the point and they were like oh no this is not what kids should be watching like yeah, it's, when it it's is, give them ideas rather than like, no, this is what everyone should watch to like really tell them and like inform inform them how awful heroin is and like all these other drugs and how it can really destroy your future. And like this boy had a promising future as a basketball player, and you know, and he could have done it. He could have gotten out, it, you yeah. know, gotten out of his neighborhood and made more money, helped his mom. You know, he could have done all this stuff. And then you see Neutron. Like it, yeah. it almost serves as like a public service announcement because later on they see Neutron like going to like the state game and he you know scouts are coming for him and different colleges and he's like oh I want to say hi to my mom and Jim's just like looking up at him like oh fuck man like that could have been me but I had to like go and fuck off and do this you know and of course Mickey's like man let's fucking go yeah. um, <laughs> literally that's like what mark Wahlberg does throughout the whole movie or mickey um so yeah also the director made a really cool comment when he was talking about working with leo and he was like leo is one in a million which is really interesting and he was talking about he's like when that guy's 40 man he's if he still sticks with this he's gonna be a legend (laughs) i was like yeah he is (laughs) he's definitely still stuck with it and he's gonna be a legend um oh speaking of another weird movie that leo's doing uh he's playing jim jones in supposedly so is joseph gordon levitt he apparently is playing jim jones too in another i was like we don't need a jonestown movie why are we making these like really upsetting movies about cults i don't i don't need this i mean i will watch it just because he's in it but i mean it's a lot man that's rough he's also playing some like weird leo has some weird projects coming up i don't i don't really get it but he's uh i mean i guess he's producing and stuff now so he's probably just you know doing his own thing but and he can like make the money i guess now to be able to just produce whatever he wants like whatever yeah he wants to i mean do. He yeah. Can anything he yeah um there's one i think that he was supposed to be doing called uh it's about like h.h H. holmes the guy who was like a suspected serial killer in like the late 1800s or some shit like that. Hmm. Yeah, and like he built a um, hotel, but that I don't see that in, as is pending now. Um, but then, yeah, he's doing like playing Theodore Roosevelt, <laughs> and then wow. he's like, yeah, he's doing like all these like weird things. But and then he's doing another thing with uh, Scorsese, I think too. Another like. Um, I thought he was. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, it's just so weird that he was like, yeah, when he's 40, he's going to be a legend if he sticks with it. He's like, I can't even tell when I turn on the camera that he's acting. Uh, he's like, just. He's just he's, such a natural. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just is whatever the character he's playing, which is kind of neat. And then also um, the difference in the book is that 
his heroin addiction starts at like 13 it starts like a lot younger than oh, no. they're showing oh, in here just worse like which is yeah crazy. which i can't I mean we definitely couldn't make that so i know they had to make like adaptations also doing in the 60s might have cost some money because they'd have to like if yeah, they shot the outside yeah. they have to like change the, car. the cars and everything yeah so i guess if they're tight with money and it's heroin they probably are just like, look, you get like a 90s anti-drug movie. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you get. And they all have to kind of push that and make it as bad as possible. You know, so they do, which they totally do. And a lot of people thought that Mark Wahlberg was too old to play a teenager. So, yes, yeah, I, I mean, agree with that. <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah, let's get on to the fashion. So what did you think? Um, well, I have to say, I really love that whole, like, night school uniform thing oh, going yeah. on. I think that's just so cool to see them. There are so many shots of them, just, like, the four of them walking on the street. And they're, like, slow motion. And they're wearing, like, their school uniform, but it's kind of undone with, like, the tie kind of undone and the shirt out. <laughs> It was funny. This guy I went out with in college was like, we were talking about like, I don't know. We we're talking about something weird. I don't remember how it came up, but he was like, oh yeah, I went to a Catholic school and I was like, oh, did you really? And he was like super <laughs> cute. And I was like, do you have photos? And he was like, yeah. And he looked like that. They were like, his like shirt was undone and like he had like the tie. And I remember thinking like he was so hot and this like, like kind of like grungy looking like Catholic school uniform. And I was like, oh my God, it looks so Yeah. Cool. I mean, it's definitely a look. It's, I think it's really hot. Um, so I love that. I really love seeing all the like the cut out t shirts that they wear when they yeah. play, like, when they play basketball, and also like Mark, like what Mark's character wears is sort of like it looks like I don't know whether it is, but it looks like a military shirt that's been like like yeah, this. It does the green up. one, right? Yeah, and the sleeves yeah, are cut off. Pockets, yeah. His arms so, are ridiculous. Like his arms are stop. absurd. Like he's just so like buff yeah yeah not really my my thing either but especially the, back then i didn't like guys that that were big like in that. fear i just have this like burn in my brain when he was like playing pool and she saw him for the first time and he's wearing that like black super tight like long sleeve shirt and like tucked into his pants and he looks all like super <laughs> swole uh, i mean me and charles talk about it at length in the fear episode if you're interested no, i remember yeah i remember that episode really well <laughs> um and I really, they, well, that scene is obviously kind of crazy, but I really like what Leo is wearing when he enters that classroom in, in that, like, leather Oh, coat yeah, the leather, yeah, the, the trench black. coat. So, I mean, that look is so, like, um, the Matrix. It's oh, like, yeah, it is. It really made me think of, like, you know, Keanu in that. Yeah. Um, and he does have a really cool outfit, too. Like, I'm trying to remember what part but leo wears this like really cool shirt and like a burgundy sort of jacket i think it might be leather but it's like oh burgundy definitely remember that and like this shirt on there and on bottom it looks very much like romeo and juliet like vibes. oh i think I, he has the green button up but then he also has that sweatshirt from school underneath it maybe is I've, that one I just it's like a brown it. jacket, but it's Maybe kind it's of a reddish brown. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah like, and it's like longer. Burgundy, but yeah, you're right. It's pretty yeah. Um, I like that look. But, you know, surprisingly, my favorite look is... My favorite look, let me see, I, I want to say it right. It is Pedro's outfit. Because oh, I like the that hat. thing that he has got. Like, he has this, like, wife beater. Uh-huh. Like, 
with like a either like an oversized leather jacket or a blazer and a hat. I think it's just really cool. It like, is really cool, yeah. He's got his own thing going on. It's so cool. With the hat. Mm-hmm. And also the streets remind me very much of like the streets and like the Warriors. It, yeah. When like New York was like totally. pretty and like And gross. that was like seventies. So, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was the seventies. Like New York was still gritty in the nineties. It still was mm-hmm. not it, until it, it, like Giuliani came. Yeah, because that's where when a lot of artists moved I mean English artists as well moved to New York and got these crazy studios. Yeah. In like freaking like Soho. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cheap, you mm-hmm. know. And like the and Lower East Side, they never and like left. all these cool places, yeah. Um, and I really like uh, Juliette Lewis' outfit mm-hmm. like at the end when when she bumps into Jimmy. Yeah, I did too. I like that one. She looks super cute. So those are my highlights. What about you? Oh, cool! I just wrote Catholic school uniforms. <laughs> I love all of the guys wearing chucks. Like the black yeah. high tops, yeah. I love true. that. Yeah, um, cool. I love their outfits when in the very beginning. This opening is one of my favorite openings. How it just shows them like bunking off school, and then they change like their outfits. And I love that. Um, I love that all of their pants too are like kind of like wide leg but cut. Like yeah. like Mark Wahlberg's are kind of like short but they're cut above his high top, and he's like really wide. Like because Mark Wahlberg's like obviously like more like you know buff than the rest of the guys so he has like a black shirt on but then he has like a green it's not the military one it's just like another green one but they put him in green a lot yeah yeah they put him in green a lot and then um when they're all just like running around and pedro i think also has a hat on in that too like he has his own vibe when they're like you know they leave school and john and jimmy neutron or not jimmy neutron that's like the but neutron that's like the cartoon but (laughs) neutron like he wears like the varsity jacket and like the basketball jacket and the pants yeah so i think that's really cool i love those varsity jackets i think they're so fucking rad like i have that cheerleader jacket i just love like those sport those like specific sport ones that you only get in school like you can't really buy them anywhere like i had a really cool one yeah um i thought that was neat also i really love the the old school 50s like varsity sweaters the guys would get Oh, the one in Greece I that like Danny Zuko those. wore at the end. <laughs> Looks... I love them, but I don't think I don't think I would look good in those actually. I don't know if I would wear it, but I just love them. Like I just love them, like the style. It's just really cool. A lot of fashion people like them, like fashion designers. Like they use oh, that yeah. varsity like kind oh, yeah, of so style much. a lot. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, let's see. I love the just the basketball outfits. I love basketball shorts. Another thing I really love too, which I was watching the show Daredevil yesterday. It's on Netflix. It's like a Marvel show. But one of the guys in there, his dad is a boxer. And I was like, oh, I love those like satin boxer robes. They're They're so so fucking cool. I I, Me too. I was like, and the shorts. I love that the boxer shorts are like really high waisted and then they go like below your knee. I was like, boxing fashion is dope. And the shoes are really fucking cool they're like high top really tight and then they have like the soles i was like wait this boxer shit is cool (laughs) like this is so rad like i love those those jackets too so um yeah a lot of sports fashion is cool i'm sure now that i said that there's gonna be some fucking designers gonna come out with like (laughs) some like boxer robes all of a sudden um i also love the uh like all the colors are muted like just throughout yeah. the movie, but all their clothes are just super muted. I love Winky and Blinky. I love their like super nineties. I love that like choker that she has on. 
They look really cool. They look I mean, so nice. She's wearing that bra, like mm-hmm. lace it's bra. It's so fucking cool. I know it's very cool. Um, so yeah, they're like definitely. We were talking about them off air that the Daniel twins were in uh, like Sweet Valley High, which is a show that I did not watch. But if you did, let us know because is it worth watching? If you kind of know what I'm, I like as far as movie wise. I can't like, imagine it is. I can't imagine like, it is either. But it came out in '94, so I'm like, is it nostalgic? Mm-hmm. Is the fashion cool? Like, do I need to investigate, or is it like the way that I like the show Blossom, but the way that someone now probably wouldn't like it because it's a sitcom? Mm-hmm. But I liked it when I was like 10 or whatever it was when it was on. Or maybe it's one of those. Like you have to have watched it when you were really young to kind of like it. Yeah. I feel like that's what people think about a lot of different shows. But, you know, I can see why I was just talking about it with The Sopranos that I didn't watch it like 20 years ago. So I was kind of like, yeah, it was all right. But (laughs) yeah, it wasn't crazy. Um, We talked about the leather jackets, which I really love. I love that they're brown leather, too, that they're not black. I know, yeah. I mean, they look cool. I like them, like, not on me, but I like that look a lot, especially on boys. Yeah, it looks cool. And and the hoodies. I liked, uh, I didn't like the outfits that they kind of got later when they were, like, in the depths of their addiction problems. But I yeah. liked how it, it they had, like, beanies. It was in the wintertime, too, which I kind of liked. That it went from, like fall to winter and they looked really like they had like the what do you call it the fingerless gloves and they like didn't yeah, really yeah. have like and sweaters or like yeah like layered um like jim had like the army jacket it looked like mickey's he had the army jacket but then he had the black hoodie underneath it and he had all these yeah. layers on it's probably like the so only nice. thing he has I mean, mm-hmm. those, so, yeah and the jeans were like super ripped in the knees like jim's they were like crazy when they were like stealing that car. They were like crazy ripped. Like you could like they see that. Yeah, they that was like back. the only pair. That's like a look again. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. Then I also have just the last outfit. It just reminds me of like such a Leo outfit and the way he looks all like cleaned up at the end. Oh yeah, where he's like uh, in that performance sort of stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he sees Pedro like in the alley, and he just looks super like you know that just looks like Leo. Like in that time period. Totally. Yeah. That, Almost that like Romeo and Juliet Leo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is him. But yeah, that's all I have. Um, oh, David C. Robinson did the costumes. I don't know if I, or David C. Yeah. Yeah. David C. Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Some music. What do you got? Oh, it's tough because I actually love. I love this music. So, I mean, I, I really like the, the, that song, um, Catholic, Catholic Boy. By yeah. Jim Carroll, and he performs it with Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, people. This is the soundtrack for you if you are a yeah. 90s music grunge fan. Um, okay, but if we really go in order, obviously the first one is Riders on the Storm by the Doors, because mm-hmm. that's like one of my favorites. How DJ cool Howard. is that that it was even in the movie? No, I know. I mean, I, I just don't it. even recall. I keep thinking, how did they? I don't remember any of the movie that had. Well, there are a lot of movies that have this song, but much later. Do you know if that Doors movie was authorized by any of the members? I don't remember, honestly. Did I, I they mean, use sure the music, knew, right? They use the music, yeah. Like the actual studio recordings? They didn't yeah. Like re- oh, okay. So then it, well, that's just the label, I guess. That doesn't have yeah, anything to do with it. Yeah, I actually don't know. Guys. Yeah, I mean, when we do it. Yeah, when we'll we do it, yeah, we'll investigate. It. Yeah, I want to know. Um, 
then will be down by the woods uh, by PJ Harvey. I love mm-hmm. that song. Love, love, love. It's definitely one of my favorite PJ Harvey. How Harvey's cool. Songs. Yeah, that they have PJ Harvey in there. And then you have Blind Dogs by Soundgarden. I love that. Mm-hmm. Dancing Barefoot by Patti Smith, but actually is by this other artist. Um, I don't think she's, she's American. Her, her name is Jeanette Napolitano, and she's not even on Spotify. Like, she's like an oh. awesome. Yeah, because. Some of her songs are in Candy as well. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I have that soundtrack. So, wait, yeah. she's not on the soundtrack, or is she? I don't know if she... Um, maybe. I, I remember she was, because I remember listening to the soundtrack for that film so much. Oh, oh no, I mean for uh, Basketball Diaries. Well, her song is, but it's performed by, by Patti Smith. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's on the... Um... Oh, maybe, wait, no. That's not, oh, that's not on the CD, but it's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's not yeah. on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it's a, one of the other one. Maybe Patti Smith wrote that song, but then it was performed by Jeanette Napolitano or the other way around. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And I would say those are my top songs because then I really like the, the one by Flea, I've Been Down. Mm-hmm. I like that song a lot. But yeah, pretty much the entire, those are my favorites, really. Oh, cool. All right. Well, Graham Revel, or I don't know how you say his name, but I guess it's Graham Revel, Revel. He also did some of the music, too. I love the oh, instrumentals yeah. in this, yeah, that, too. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, some of my favorites. And Jim Carroll actually did a lot of the music in this. Yeah. So great. Um, so and cool. some of the, like, guitar, some of those, like, really cool. Um, just even the ones where he talks about, like, he's like says, I'm alone. I mean, there's so many great quotes in this film, too, but... One of my favorites is definitely like the people who died, which is Jim Carroll band when they're in the rain and everything, um, which is really cool. Um, Star, which is the song uh, like, Oh, Oh, star by the call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is really cool. Uh, The posies have a song coming right along, which is great. Uh, My favorite song from this whole soundtrack is the one by massive internal complications called strawberry wine. Oh yeah. One where he's like having that um, withdrawal. And it it just like talks about how the room spins around is when the camera's like spinning around. Like I, I love that song. I always have loved that song. Like, so is that song original? Because it, it isn't that song. I thought that song was by um oh my gosh, I can't believe I've forgotten his name. You know, he also died quite young. I think he was 27 or 28. Oh. And he has this other song, like, oh my god. Literally, I talk about him all the time, and I just went blank. Like that happens. This one's by Massive Internal Complications. Now- okay, so this other artist covered it in the nineties, and he was oh, really big. Okay. Um, Strawberry wine. Yeah, he. I'm gonna Google it. Right his now. father was a really big art musician too, and he drowned. Like this artist that I'm talking about, at like 27. Or oh, are you talking about Jeff Buckley? Thank you, Jeff Buckley. Oh, oh my god, he covered that song. He Did he? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, shit, okay. I need to actually get into Jeff Buckley. I've heard the album... What is the album? Uh, Grace? Is that the yeah, name of the Yeah, that's the best one, yeah, yeah. Um, Strawberry Street. He has a song called Strawberry Street. Is that what Oh, I'm pretty sure he covered this one, too. I'll have to listen but, to I mean, this. Yeah, we have to link it. Didn't they yeah, movie about him? Didn't Penn Badgley play him? I don't know. Is that know. a rumor? I don't know if there's any movie about him, but I just—I mean, he, I love—I used to look like him a lot in the nineties. I remember like. Did he have a mysterious death? What happened? Uh, or was it literally he, an accident? I don't remember. I just know that he drowned, but I don't know. Oh wow! I I need to find out more. 
We should do like a little episode on like all the cool people that like die so young and they were incredibly talented and I think they did a movie. They did, yes, really. I feel like Penn Badgley played him. Why am I thinking of this? Yes, it's called Greetings oh, from Tim no. Buckley. Oh my god. And it, it came out in 2012, and Penn Badgley plays Jeff Buckley. Oh, Imogen cool. Boots is in wow. it. Oh wow, Ben Rosenfield. Shit. Okay, I did not see this movie. I'm assuming that it's actually him. Yeah, I mean, weird. That's cool. I mean, he. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he was suicide, but what I remember hearing about it, that it was literally an accident. Oh, okay. Gosh. So, yeah. Thugs. But yeah, he was how he okay. He was thirty, but yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, he was young. Time. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I have for the soundtrack. I mean, this is one of my yeah, favorite same. soundtracks. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. It's, it's so really good. Cool. And totally worth listening to. I don't know if it's on, like, uh, I guess Spotify's a little touchy now, but, I mean, who knows? I don't even know. You can buy the CD if you even have CDs. I wonder if it's <laughs> on, like... No, no one does, right? Like, what do you do yeah, when you can't get... You can't get music either. anymore. I know I, this whole boycott Spotify You can. Thing. You just get a vinyl. No, but yeah. not everything's made on vinyl, though. Not like this. The Basketball Diary soundtrack. Like, that wouldn't be on vinyl. (laughs) Kind of fucked, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's... There might be something on, like, Apple Music or Spotify or somewhere. Who knows? Um, Cool. All right, so let's get into favorite scenes and lines. This is a long episode for you folks. Yeah. So enjoy. (laughs) Um, Well, as much as, you know, that scene is controversial and... The dream scene? But when he enters the uh, classroom... In that outfit, I just I, I do like that though. I mm-hmm. like that James like you know going in and just wearing this crazy outfit and like I mean those are fantasies that you have when you are bullied, I suppose. But not that you would do it. No, if a teacher has been awful to you like back in the day where they used to like beat you and stuff. Like, but I just like the how dramatic it is and how he enters the room, you know, mm-hmm. in the outfit. That's like one of my favorites. Um, I like the scene where he's high and he's in this like flower field. Oh, that's when he first says heroin. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, he's just—I mean, it's just a really beautiful scene. Um, when he just like how he describes it. Yeah, how he describes it. Like mm-hmm. that made me think, wow, is this what it feels like? Okay. Um, but then it slowly is yeah, like, oh yeah. wait, no. Um. And I like the scene where Reggie, like Reggie, helps him to get clean, and he kind of takes him to his apartment. I think it's like really sweet. That's what he, that's what won him that Oscar, I think, or would that whole scene? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, when they all jump in the river, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Do you think it wasn't the real actors jumping? Right? I don't know. I mean, it showed kind of a faraway shot, but I was like, that water's brown. And they talked about the toilets that get flushed in it. That's gross. But they did jump, right? I don't it looks I mean, like it, but I mean, I don't know. Almost, I, I don't know. It's pretty high. And they were pretty close to that rock when they landed. Yeah. They weren't like far out. They were like right next to but, it. But I mean, for the most part, this this whole movie is kind of sad. And like scenes are not really like, they're quite tragic, but I, I like any scene when you see them all playing before like doing drugs like when they're playing basketball yeah hanging and getting you know like doing shenanigans basically but yeah, totally 
I, I think it's, yeah. And I actually really like when when his friend takes him, well, says to Jim, I have a surprise for you. And they got to see Winky and Blinky. I think it's really funny. <laughs> I know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, and then she's telling him to like how this will like make him faster or whatever. It's just quite Oh, that's right. It's like Coke. That's Coke. That's Coke. Yeah. yeah. And I love how she's like passed out. You just see her like totally passed out, and he's like fucking raging. Just, he's like, just doing all these lines. Yeah, like just like, he, like yeah, he's just fucking. That nuts. made me like um, blow my nose several times because I felt really uncomfortable watching that. It's just like oh, I feel like physically like stuff in my nose. Yeah, um, it's just like a junkie. Like it's just really sad. It's off. Yeah, I mean, especially because he's so young and it's quite disturbing to see some someone so young doing mm-hmm. that. Um, totally. And I only have three favorite lines. So oh, okay. One is yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna I name it. So this girl next to me who wasn't beautiful until she she smiled. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next life, father, I'm gonna have the paddle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. And then Jim says, "It'll." T- I know his mom actually says to him, "Um, it'll time is the devil's plaything." Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, that is cool. Oh, cool. I mean, I have like a decent amount of notes, but I won't go through them all because this is just one of my favorites. Okay. I just love the first favorite scene is the fight they have with the other team after they've robbed them, like in the beginning. So they're like eating at this burger joint. And and I love how like he has a like I love there's the voiceover like throughout. So he said like you know Swifty who's the coach. He's like he didn't care if we like you know if we robbed other students if as long as they like were like not like something like he made some comment that like as long as they weren't white or something then like yeah, he, he would let like they yeah. he didn't mind if we robbed them. Um, yeah. But and then so anyway this this team was not they were like a bunch of white guys and I and Pedro would always like go and like during the, you know, some of the quarter of the game and, like, go and, like, go through their lockers and he would, like, rip them off. And then he, like, stole this guy's ring, like, his dad's class ring or something like that. Everything. So, yeah, everything. Yeah. The and then they, they, yeah, all the watches. And then they, like, are eating and they eat all these fucking burgers and the, I love the team comes and then they're just, like, walk out and they're just, like, we got a problem? And then they just fucking fight, like, in the street, you know? Um, and then they're eventually, like, outnumbered. But I really like that. Yeah, that, that was really scene. fun. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, Juliette Lewis, like when you first see her and she's like on the street and she's just like coming up to them and she's just like, hey, like you got a bag, like, hey, I'll do you, like, and you know, all this kind of stuff. And then I love how like he she says something to like, I think she says something to Neutron, and she's like, he's like, do I look like the kind of guy who's gotta pay for it? And she's like, Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that that part's really cool, and then they're like, all, they're like so fucking rude to her. They like dump the chips on her. And oh shit. my god! I was like, I god, like get the fuck out of here! Like get the fuck out of here! Um, I love the entire scene with Bobby. I feel like that's like a a massive turning point in the story when like Bobby is their friend on the basketball team who has cancer oh, and played by Michael Perioli. It's so sad, and I love yes. that he um like no one else really knows that he writes and but bobby knows and bobby's like when he goes to see him and he takes him out and they like go around like Times square and they go to like the peep show and like all that stuff was in new york city at the time and it just is really like i just love that whole scene i love how he like reads he's like here i have something else for you to read 
and he's like reading it. And then one of my favorite quotes is when he just says like, I just want to be pure. Um, yeah, that's yeah. probably what I'm going to call I that, like that. Actually, yeah, yeah I, love I love that whole sequence. And then when he like brings him back and then he's like, just get out of here. Like he just really remembers like what his life was like. And then of course, like throughout this, like Bobby eventually does succumb to cancer and they go to um, the funeral. And I love that scene of all four of them in the rain wearing their suits like walking yeah, from the funeral walking, and I they all have, they all have like yeah. the paper bags of like whatever, like alcohol they're drinking. And then they all talk about, and then that's when like Mickey's Mark Wahlberg is just like, you know what? It's better off. He died. And then obviously Jim is just like, you know what? You guys didn't visit him. Like he was my best friend. Like, and he was like 15 and yeah. Like, it, and then I think from there is when it really spiraled. I mean, obviously then he goes to meet um, Winky and Blinky. And then that just kind of like, I mean, that's a big deal, especially when oh, you're that yeah. young and someone oh, that's yeah. your age and it's just nuts. I mean, I wonder if Swifty approached Bobby at all, because mm. we see that Swifty like made that weird comment in the, uh, in the locker room to Jim, like, oh, you know, you're going to go through like a scouts are looking for you. They like him young. I was like, oh, I know. Yeah. And then he was like. Oh, we can Hello. come to my house. We'll look at the brochures. We'll make a night of it. And we'll get, like, pizza. And I was like, oh, oh, it happens to guys, too. Okay. So it's fucking, like, it's it's crazy. It's so fucking gross. Um, I also love when he write, is writing in the morning, I think after he's taken the Coke the first time, and he talks about, like, I love this mansion. Um, I, I just love his writing so much. So I, I think it's really cool that they do all of these voiceovers like from the excerpts of the book because it's a great book. If anyone wants a book to read or or anything, like it's a really great book. I really um, suggest it. And he talks about like, I love this mansion, but there are like too many doors and too many windows to like close every day and to like, you know, uh, like close each night. And he just talks about like, just like his head and it, his stream of consciousness is just so amazing. Especially from that, like at that age, yeah, like, you can write stuff like that. It's kind of crazy. And yeah. that's actually what Ernie Hudson said in one of the DVD interviews. Is he said like what was so amazing about like the story and like the book and everything, which is so true, is that he like Jim Carroll ha- was so aware to be so high. Usually, people who are like that high and on that like depravity, they're not that aware of what's mm. going on around them and how it feels and what the world is like knowing that they're on the substance. Like it's very like, you know, it's just not as creative, but he was still able to like be outside of himself and kind of like see the world in this different way while he was heavily on these drugs. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was just, it was really cool. It was like, yeah, it was pretty insane. Um, my second, not favorite scene was when like, the coach kind of like corners him in the bathroom and he knows like this at this point, he like knows that he's doing heroin cause he looks like shit and he's he like so like fucking good. skinny. He's like oh. a toothpick and he like um, hits on him and then he fucking like tries to give him money to not say anything. And he's like, who's going to believe you? Everyone thinks you're a junkie anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Oh God, when they take those fucking pills, they take like the black pills because they basketball. All... Oh my god! Oh my god! And they like fucking fall over everywhere, and they get like they kick themselves out of school. Basically, it's like they kind of get kicked out and leave at the same time. Um, but they would have gotten kicked out, and then uh, just from 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 when his mom finds out, 
and she like approaches him with those drugs. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's and so he's heartbreaking. Awful to her. He's yeah. like saying like you're a fucking bitch. Like it's just terrible. And he's like, oh yeah, now I'm just like, are you gonna say that? Oh, I had so much potential, mm-hmm. and now like my life is ruined. Blah blah. He's so mean to her. He's like awful to her. And then That's he what has... happens. So like yeah. they. When you become a junkie, you like literally don't care about anything or anyone. You no. just need money to buy more drugs. You know? It's just like, it's awful. Like, it's so awful. And it's always a cautionary tale, you know? Like, I feel like this is definitely one of those, like, coming of age slash cautionary tales um, of something you just don't want to happen to you. And, and just, yeah, it's just, it's just awful, too, because it, at some point, there's the mom is working really hard. She's a single mom. You know, she doesn't make much yeah, money. She can't, no. like, be with him all the time. Exactly. And, you know, like, it, it just... But she's also frightened. Like, she doesn't yeah. even understand at the beginning what's going on. She's just, like, confused. Like, you don't look well. Mm-hmm. She obviously knows that he's under something, but she's even... She's horrified. Like, I mean, that's exactly how I imagine any parent reacting. Yeah. Like, a mother, really, not a father. But And when you're young like that, when he's, like, 15, 16... Yeah, that make me really, made me very sad. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. Um, I do like... Um, well, I don't like it, but when they steal that car... And then it gets towed, and then like Mickey's brother breaks his fucking oh, arm. Oh, that is oh my god! That's oh so my cool. god! I was like, they are, and he's like shooting up in the back of the car, and the guy Pedro's like falling asleep at the wheel, and they're just like, "What the fuck, man? You're gonna get us killed?" I was like, "This is <laughs> insane." The fact that like a lot of this is like close to his life is just nuts. Oh yeah, like I it's mean, just it's really just, nuts when you crazy. think about it. And they're robbing things. Uh, Michael oh, Rappaport, no. do you know him? He's an actor. He's in like a lot of. He's on like no, the internet all the time. But he's the guy that beats up um, Jim and like throws him down the stairs, and then he ends up in like the snow, and that's when Reggie gets him. Um, oh. Yeah, Michael Rappaport's like a New York kind of like celebrity, but he's an actor. He's in a True Romance for like a hot minute he's in like a bunch of random stuff but he's around now he actually got a snowball thrown at him yesterday while he was on like ig live or some shit it was really funny and they were, and so it was someone in new york he was like talking he was like he gives his opinions on like dumb shit like sports and whatever and then someone literally like threw a snowball at his head it was like shut the fuck <gasps> no. up like, oh my God. Yeah, like and he was like what man oh my god i'll just send it to you it's actually really funny he's like what man what the fuck like why are you doing that and he's like can you just shut the fuck up nobody wants to hear you talk i was like oh my god and he was like holding his phone like he was like live streaming or like doing something but yeah it was pretty funny so yeah he's in that which i find really interesting that he's like the guy who does that um and then just the way that he gets like the way that he resorts to like prostitution i always find really that that scene in the metro yeah um, and like the subway like yeah the subway like bathroom right yeah mm-hmm. which Everything you that's fucking going on never there, go in just, like i mean i would never never like never and under any circumstances <laughs> um i mean literally like no um that was just super rough and then after that of course like he ends up with mickey after he gets straight so that, that like didn't last and then mickey's just like the worst person ever he's just like oh, off I mean, the wall fucking crazy yeah, no. like literally mm-hmm. insane and then the scene where he it's like probably my favorite scene in the movie just because it's so 
like heartbreaking and just like the acting is just so incredible i can't believe it is when he comes home yeah and he like asks end. for his yeah and he asks for like his mom and the way he just like is pleading oh, yeah. with her i just can't take that. oh god i was like why win all the awards this is like heartbreaking i don't even know if i could film this as the director i'd be like losing my mind like behind the camera i'd be like oh my god this is so fucking like oh i'm like you know this is just heartbreaking because you know this is a true story for a lot of parents of addiction like children with addiction issues like it's just awful it's hard to say no but you know mm-hmm. you can't enable them it's like it's just awful and she calls the police and like says that someone's breaking into her apartment and they have a knife oh, and they come and get him and then he says like he got six months in rikers which is like you know awful like an awful prison in new york and he's like talks about like how he was like abused in the showers and like just all this shit that he's gone through um mickey and him were doing that weird deal and that guy got pushed off that building like mickey like had you know pushed that guy like off the building Mm -hmm. and then mickey got like five to fifteen um i think yeah pedro said somewhere yeah and then he was like remember they're beating him up outside because he like ran and left him and Mm -hmm. he just like they're beating him up outside and i was like god so then at the end is when you see him like clean and he's out and that's when he sees pedro on the street and i love at the end where he like reads the like poetry out and then you see reggie in the back um which i thought was really cool uh, yeah no that was cool that was yeah, really that cool was... i like the end the end yeah the end. i like that and then they show like you know what he did like he published that at like 17 or he finished writing it at 17 like Something he's just like insane. a prolific yeah like, like prolific yeah. writer yeah and, and musician and poet and all around like crazy um the forced entries are the follow-up to it and there's like some of it's about like when he goes to california to try to beat his addiction uh the velvet underground stories andy warhol it's great yeah it's so crazy i mean he literally obviously battled with addiction throughout his life at different times because he kind of like recovered and then kind of relapse right or like he just struggle i I think it's like yeah i think it's like it was a struggle for most of his life i'm not sure what he died from though well he died of a heart attack but oh okay it was it it was as a consequence of um pneumonia and um what is it like how do you say hepatitis oh hepatitis hepatitis yeah oh which again like he was like, is that a, is that like what happens when you do a lot of drugs from a young maybe is that how well you, you can get it? get it i think from needles yeah. uh, from sharing needles but i think if it is if it is like untreated i think it can it, mm. i don't know or not even untreated but i guess I mean, that when you look at demonic. sort of photos of him in his last years he looks like a skeleton like it is really insane Gosh. he looked quite i mean obviously like someone who really He's done a lot. Yeah. yeah. He's done like a well, lot. Also, he was a punk artist too, like punk musician. Mm-hmm. Like th- that's also the environment that he was in. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he it's, has a really crazy life. I, yeah. You know, Patty Smith talks about him briefly in, in her memoir. Oh, cool. Because yeah, I think they did music together, didn't they do some music together? Yeah, because they met in New York when she was living in like I'm not saying that Chelsea Hotel, but when she was living in New York, like, yeah, they, they met. And I think they dated. Did Ricky. they date? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I think I read they dated. Yeah, I think they did. Because she talks about him, like, quite a lot. Yeah, it's like, 
He's a yeah, he's kind of one of those like I don't want to say like forgotten, but like he's definitely like a lesser known like cultural icon of, you know, like that kind of scene in the New York, you know, art world music scene of like the 60s and 70s. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's really cool like to just go more into his stories. He actually has a book of I think poetry about Kurt Cobain too. Oh, um, wow. which is I have not read, which I'm going to read because I haven't really. It's called uh, Eight Fragments for Kurt Cobain. Oh, I don't know wow. if it's a book or if it's just like a several things, but yeah, he like has shit for like Max's Kansas City. Like he was hanging around there. Like he literally has like. It just he's just been around so many fucking cool and influential people. Oh yeah, like of that era, you know. It's just it's really cool. He probably was at the factory. At oh, Andy he Warhol's was. Factory. Yeah, I found that. I read that he was working for Andy for a while. Yeah, like what the fuck? So which means he might have crossed paths with Edie Sedgwick. Oh yeah, I mean he point. was in a circle, like you know. Yeah, I mean it would have been actually been really cool now that you mentioned it if they had it set in the '60s and we got this I kind know, of like you had seen that. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Um, yeah, but, uh, that's, that's about all I have for this movie. I mean, it's, it's a, it's one of my top favorite ones. It, it kind of makes me feel sad now. And now oh. that it's like raining outside, I'm kind of oh, like, no. oh no, I need to watch something this, like, this is perfect for me. I like it. <laughs> yeah. This is actually good to record this in because it's not like a sunny, happy movie. Cause it's not like a sunny, happy no, day. <laughs> so I yeah. Have one little note that I oh, just yeah, found online oh, about what? the soundtrack. This actually was pressed in like vinyl. Like, oh, no way. But for the first time in 2019, how crazy. <gasps> What? There were oh, only two thousand editions. Um, copies oh wow! And yeah, it had never been pressed on LP before, and it was originally only thirty nine dollars. But now, obviously, because there are not many copies, um, people are reselling them for like ninety nine dollars on Amazon and stuff. So damn, oh, that's a lot. But yeah, it's this cool like record label, Real Gone Music, released in twenty nineteen. Oh, cool. so it was pressing like CDs and cassettes, but not not vinyl. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have the CD. At, I'm looking at all the reviews, like people that bought the album, and they're like, "Amazing soundtrack, r- really great film." Everyone is oh. mentioning the film how how much they loved it. So it's oh, great. cool. Well, I want people to let us know if you really like it or if you didn't like it. I kind of want to know if people didn't like it. I mean, if you do like it, then cool. But I kind of want to know, like, why people did or didn't like it. Yeah. Really weird. Well, I wonder what, like, younger kids think. Yeah, like, that's the thing is it's not really available. So I want to know if, like, uh, or not streaming right now. I think it was at one point and you could rent it. But then I don't think it was recently, like, as of this Mm. recording. So, but it's really cheap for a DVD if you, like, you know, some people still watch DVDs. Like, not everything is on streaming, I have to say a lot of the DVDs that I have that we've reviewed is not on streaming. Like kids isn't, you know, like there's just some shit that I guess yeah. it's, it's hard to find, you know, like a Rocky shit. A lot of his stuff is not streaming either. So it's like, there are a lot of films out there. These are like the cult fans who, who really like it. So I'm excited to, to do this episode. I'm glad we've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess we have, I think next week we're going to have our VMA episode coming to you where me, you and Jules talk about the 1996 VMAs. Uh, I'm going to post the link of where you can watch it on archive.org. I mean, you can just look it up there, but I'm going to post the link probably in the Patreon 
but it's still, it'll be public so everybody can see it. Cool. So yeah, so if you want to watch it before we talk about it, or just we're just talking about artists and bands, and it's just kind of cool. You don't really need to have seen it. I mean, if you just like hearing about like old shit and kind of like interviews and stuff, but it's it's quite an undertaking. It's like a lot of <laughs> a lot of hours. <laughs> but yeah. um, but yeah, it was fun for our two years. So yeah, um, should be fun. Buffy's going on on Patreon, and the link is in the notes, so you can find that. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. See you. Bye. Bye.